Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. You don't need no money, you don't need no credit. It's so simple that anyone can get it. Luke's gonna teach you just how to get started. All you have to do is learn and apply it. You are in the right place. You're gonna wholesale real estate. You're gonna wholesale real estate. So let's get started. What's going on, beautiful people? Sock Passe, not Boule, and welcome to another episode of School of Wholesaling. I'm excited for you guys. For those of you just jumping on, welcome to the show. For those of you who have already been on the show and listening, thank you so much for listening. This is actually episode number 24. I really appreciate you listeners, every single person, uh, a part of this audience. I really, really appreciate you so much. I really have been having so much fun on the one-on-one coaching calls, guys. Uh, it's been such fun speaking with with, with, with people, uh, learning why they want to get started wholesaling real estate and just adding value, adding tons of value guys. Uh, so if you haven't booked your call yet, if you haven't booked your one-on-one call with me yet, book it right now. It is really me. I get on the phone with you and we talk for 30 minutes and we just, we just go in. We just, we just talk about whatever you want to talk about, whatever questions you have. I answer, I answer them and help you get on your way to your first deal. Now, I just want to say this, this episode is very special. We have special guests on this episode today. It's actually a very good friend of mine, uh, Farah and Jason Gaston is going to be on the show today. And they're actually buyers. They they flip a lot of houses here in Central Florida. And the podcast episode today is all about working with buyers. So who not better to talk about that than two buyers that are amazing, all right? And they buy from wholesalers. So you guys are going to find a lot of great value. I believe there's going to be so much value here for you guys on this show today, having them on. So I really hope you enjoy the show. So we're going to go ahead and get started in a second here. But before I do, I just want to say if you haven't downloaded the free course yet, do so right now, schoolofwholesaling.com. And be sure to book your call with me right now as well if you haven't done so already at chatwithluke.com. That is chatwithluc.com. All right, guys. So without further ado, I would like to start the show with Farron Jason. We recorded this on IG Live. So if you're not following me yet on Instagram, follow me now. I do interviews live now. So please follow me right now on IG at Luke Madeus, L-U-C Madeus, M-A-D-E-U-S. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and press play on the audio. You guys enjoy this episode, and I appreciate all of you. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show with me today. It's, it's, it's sincerely a pleasure to have you guys on. By the way, guys, Jason and Farah, they're amazing. They flip many, many houses a year, and they do it. They make it look so easy. They inspired us to flip houses as well in our business. So I wanted to, it's an honor to bring you guys on this show and, and just help, you know, help everyone bring, uh, just get some value and just know what to look for when they're looking at deals. Um, Jason and Farah, they, they purchase properties from wholesalers all the time. So this is going to be a great opportunity for you wholesalers out there who, are, who, who, are, who want to wholesale real estate, giving you a buyer's perspective on how to do so. So welcome to the show, guys. I'm not going to keep ranting about you guys. You guys know you better than me. So I'm going to give you guys the floor. Thank right. you so much for having us, Luke. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting us. That's uh, an honor for us to, to be on here also with you. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, so uh, you said you flipped, you, uh, it wasn't too long ago that you actually flipped your first house, right, Luke? I know I'm not talking about wholesale, I'm talking about fix and flip. Yes, yes, yes. Leslie and I did our first uh, fix and flip in January, beginning of this year, our first How one. Was it? And it was, it was interesting. It was definitely a, a, a new terrain, <laughs> something we're not used to, but it was super fun, challenging. You know, from, <laughs> it was super fun from like picking the tile. So picking the paint and the best part for us was when that granite came inside that house. It was it, it was awesome. It was awesome. That just completes so, it, right? Yeah, it does. It does. It does. So it was it was definitely a fun experience. Right, right. Well, like you said, we do often buy from wholesalers, uh, and uh, we. But to, to that, to us teaching other other people learn how to wholesale. Some people you know thought about creating competition, but for us, it's just more people for us to work with. So 
more opportunities for us to buy. So we love for as many people to learn about wholesaling as they can because that's an advantage to us in our business locally that we do buy from wholesalers. Um, but we also want them to understand the whole reason for this uh, the subject podcast is how to present those deals so it helps us make a quick decision to be able to buy fast because the quicker decision we can make, the quicker a wholesaler is going to make that check. Absolutely. 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 So let's get started here, guys. Um, the first thing I want to ask you guys, how did you guys get started flipping houses? Like, how did that even come about? <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's a little longer story for me than this for Farrah, but um, I've actually started my business nine years ago of investing in real estate. So I've been actively a business owner, real estate investing uh, for nine years. But my start was uh, my uncle in North Carolina owned some rental properties. And because of that, I was always interested because I knew that he was doing that. Um, so I was interested because of that, but also um, around the, uh, probably around 2004, 2005, uh, my first actually entrance into um, investing in real estate um, was uh, there was a gentleman over in Orlando, Florida, who was buying lots and building houses. And I yeah. would loan him money from my home equity line of credit yeah. to build the house. And then we sold it, we split the profit. Well, that worked well for a couple of years, and then the market crashed. So mm. some of the money I made before that, I lost, and it crashed the market because I was in the middle of that building, um, which is something to note because the first thing to, to go in a crash is the new construction. So <laughs> keep an eye on that. But um, <laughs> So that was my intro into it. And then after that, I kind of backed up a little bit. You know, I was nervous. I lost, I lost some money, made some money, and I lost some money. Uh, and for the next couple of years, uh, my me and my father actually did a couple, where a couple of houses we bought, fix and flip, um, made a little money, broke even. You know, we just kind of we're just trying to figure it out on our own. But when we started a business nine years ago, we actually um, we 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 hired a mentor. We joined a program, a mentorship program, which helped us a lot. And also, way back then, on the, some people may remember this, but Press Neely was putting out his his uh, software package, Freedom Soft, which was a CRM. Uh, for real estate investors, but also training. So I bought that. So the beginning of my career came straight off the information that was on that. Um, so that, that was kind of my start. Started with knowing people who did it, which made me pique my interest. Then dip my toe in, making a little money, lose a little money, and then really nine years ago got serious and started a business. And uh, the rest is history. Wow, wow. And I know, and I know back in back in two thousand nine. I mean, that was before before I I, I had any uh, dabbling in real estate. But uh, that was that was a tough time. School. That was a tough time for a lot of investors. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough time for a lot of investors, man. How did you how did you power through that moment? Just kind of going through that. Well, the thing that that helped me is in the beginning, a lot of people because I my initial reaction, which probably not was not the right reaction when the market crashed, I just backed off. Mm. So for about a year, I didn't do anything um, because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it was just it's a it's the what was the fact of me was the fear of I made some money, but then I lost it. So um, I backed out and didn't do much for a year, which to me, that's not the right reaction. Reaction is to go back, figure out what was wrong, with what you were doing and find a new way to do it. But advantage for us nine years ago when we started uh, our business was the market was basically at the bottom. Mm. So at that point was the perfect time to start to come in and start because we yeah. could buy the cheapest at that point. So it actually worked out well for us, even though we made money, lost money, and then stopped for a while. But when we actually started our business and got serious, um, then uh, things fell into place because it was at the bottom of the market. It was a great time for putting things under contract cheap at that time. Wow. wow. Awesome. Awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> so, so Farrah, how, how did... How did you get started? Very funny story because I started going to the same company that he went to the mentorship program with. I went, I checked it out. I didn't really understand what was going on. I kind of over, over, overthought everything. So I said, I can't do this. But my interest was still peaked. So about two, three years later, I actually went again. And then that's where I met Jason. And then I learned that it's not as complicated as I thought. It's a lot simpler because when I first started thinking about real estate, I said, I have to have at least a million dollars to do anything. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm just a, you know, I'm just a Zoe from Haiti. I can't do none of this. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the experience. Yeah. So when I met Jason about four and a half years ago, he explained the process to me, showed that it was actually a lot simpler than I thought and I could get started.
with little to no money out of my own pocket. And yeah. um, 2000, at the end of the year, I think that's when I got my first deal, put it under contract, made my first $10,000, and I've just been kind of hitting the pavement since then. I have not looked back. Wow, awesome, awesome, amazing, amazing. So I just want to ask you guys, uh, you guys could have been doing anything, anything at all. There's so many different things that people do. Why did you guys choose real estate? Ah. Uh, I chose real estate because to me, um, once I understood, because um, a lot of the, if you like try to franchise in most business, you're going to mm-hmm. spend, you're going to come out of pocket 10, 20, 30, sometimes even $100,000 just, just for a business startup. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to jumping into real estate, um, a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people's perceptions that you have money, once you learn that you can use other people's money and then you're going to sign contracts and things like that, like, like we do in wholesaling. Yeah. Um, you realize that um, it's more getting started in real estate. Sometimes it's less financial and more just hard work and hustle. Yeah. So where I don't, you don't need a bunch of upfront upfront monies, but you do need some hustle. Yeah. Um, so it was a way that I could use. All I all I had to do was put in time and hustle and do some things uh, to learn how to to bring in sell leads like bandit size different things. Because when I first started, I was just out there hitting the streets, you know, just hustling. So that's yeah. the thing. You don't take a lot of upfront. Uh, funds to start, but it does take a lot of hustle and a lot of work. It's it's not a get rich quick scheme by no means. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's the thing I personally love about wholesaling. You know, it, it it really is a game of hustling, and and most importantly, like like a lot of other things, you know, just uh, uh just just making sure that you stay on it and not give up on it in the middle of it. You know, because uh, <laughs> it's something that can really truly bring a lot of freedom. To you, I mean, as an entrepreneur, that's really what you are as a wholesaler or even as a flipper. You're an entrepreneur, you know. Uh, so it's it's truly amazing. So I hope you guys caught that right there. It does take a lot of hustle, but that's the reason why you don't need much money. If you have a lot of hustle, it's it, it's truly amazing. It's truly truly amazing. So how about you, Fair? Why you know why did you even decide that you were interested in real estate <laughs> to even be in that? In that pretty area? much what you said, Luke. The freedom and yeah. the best part to be able to be able to do it from anywhere. We were in Paris last year and we were getting houses under contract to sell. We were yeah. in New York earlier um, last month and we closed a wholesale deal. We don't have to physically be at location to be able to buy, sell, or even fix and flip because as you all know, and a lot of people know, you can even do virtual too. So I love the freedom. All I need is the internet, my cell phone and a computer, and I'm good. And I love that freedom. And I know you know I love to travel, so yeah. I want to be able to do it from Hawaii one day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Super, super powerful tool. Real estate is an amazing, amazing vehicle. And when you build it, it can become anything you want it to be. And I, and I love that. I love that. So what are some challenges? All right, so fast forward to the day, right? Looking back <laughs> on when you guys, like, first got started together flipping houses, like, what are some challenges that you faced on your journey? Ooh. <laughs> um, so you're talking about in my whole nine years or just in the time of me and Farrah been doing it together? I guess, I guess in the time that you guys, yeah. Because um, my biggest challenge actually came before I was working with Farrah, to be honest with you. Um, there is the, I'll talk about that and I'll talk about the challenges of working together. Not that it's that much of a challenge, but, <laughs> but anyway, so my initial challenge besides, you know, I told a story about losing money, but when I first started, when we started, when I first started the business, Mm-hmm. Um, the second house that I bought, purchased to fix and flip, turned into the biggest disaster you've ever seen in your life. And I don't tell a lot of people, I don't always tell people this, but um, I bought a 1920s historic bungalow in Seminole Heights in Tampa. And I figured it would cost me about 70000 to fix it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know there's a lot of things I didn't know at that time. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, we had to change the roof. Usually, you just rip and replace. But the roof we were working on actually, uh, it turned out that it had seven layers of shingles. So I had to pay like triple the labor because they had to take so many shingles off. And wow. then also, I found out once we got started the process, I didn't know anything about this at the time. But the house, the home had asbestos siding. So we had to remove asbestos siding. Lucky for lucky, lucky thing about it was though, the wood underneath the asbestos was good, but it cost a lot to remediate the asbestos. Yeah. Um, and then we had to gut it inside and out. It had novelty wiring. Instead of putting seventy, 
I put we I put a hundred in, and I actually lost twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! Not to give anybody a horror story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the second house, the good thing was at, at that time I'd already learned the process of wholesaling. So even though I lost money on that deal, I was able to pull myself back up through wholesaling, get quick cash back out um, to to make up for the money we lost. So um, I, I, I hope every. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I just, I just want to say this. I hope everybody caught that. Did you Did you hear what Jason said? Just said, J Jason. Can you repeat that last part again? Oh, so the good thing was because I understood the process of wholesaling. Even though I lost money on a flip, I was able to recover because I knew the process of wholesaling and make some quick cash. That's the power of wholesaling, baby. That That is awesome, man. That is super, super awesome. So, um, what I want to ask as well now. With, have, you, have you guys faced any challenges with wholesalers together? Like, have you guys faced any challenges with wholesalers? Anything that, 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 that you may not like about, about some wholesalers? Like, some, just, just something so that way the, whole, the wholesalers getting started know what to avoid when dealing with buyers. I'll take that one, Luke. The number one thing with wholesalers is some of them, they don't understand the after repair value very well. Or the biggest one is the um, repairs. They'll say, it's only going to take $10,000 to fix. And just by looking at the pictures, you can quadruple that. And mm -hmm. we're like, listen, I don't know what kind of money you're trying to spend. If you meant 10000 times 10, then I don't know what to tell you. Because <laughs> just by looking at that, your roof is going to be probably about $7,000. And that's if there's nothing underneath that rotted, if there's no rotted wood. So there goes that $10,000 right there. You need kitchen. That's going to be $7,000. You need flooring. That's going to be another five, depending yeah. on what kind of flooring we choose. So whatever that $10,000 is, you might as well multiply it by four. Then you'll be where we're at. So it's a little bit frustrating because they're always like, oh, it's just light makeup and just touch up paint and you're good to go. But then when you go into the house, there's a there's no ceiling. There's literally no ceiling. And you you have a house without a roof and you're looking through the, you know, the, you know, sky sky plan. <laughs> it's not it's not good. It's not good. And it's a little bit yeah. frustrating because we try to tell them that, but they get mad at us and we're like, we're trying to help you because now you have to go back to that seller and say that money that I promised you that I could pay you. Unfortunately, I have to go back and renegotiate because my repairs were off. So it's embarrassing for them and it's embarrassing yeah. for us. We hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, you know, friendship don't pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I think really, if you break it down as wholesalers, you got to know your market, and understand your numbers. Yes. Um, because I have people that I, I, I'm, I, obviously, as a buyer, I have them on people's buyers list, right? So I have a lot of emails come in, um, and sometimes I, I end up, I, I'll go straight to the trash or some emails I quit opening because I know that person never has the right numbers. And if I do open, I just scan it real quick and see if there's one thing that catches my attention. <laughs> so at the at the end of the day, you got to understand um, your who your buyer is, who you're trying to sell that property to, and understand the numbers that he has to look at. And the more information you can provide us, the, e the, the more information you provide us, the easier you make the buying experience for us, um, the quicker we're going to be able to do deals and be able to do repeat deals together and get things done quickly um, because you provide as, as much information as you can. I know you're not going to be able to, you don't know everything about the property, but you can give a good detailed description and pictures so we can understand that. And just, just it really comes down to knowing your numbers. Take time yeah. to understand your market and your numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is a big pet peeve for you as buyers when you see when you see from wholesalers? What's the biggest thing that that just gets on your nerves? <laughs> pet peeve? Um, yeah, biggest pet peeve. I can't. I cannot stand when people inflate after repair values. Mm. Um, yeah, or, or, and, and then when they try to give me comps, they'll give comps of something that's really it's not it's, it's apples to orange. It's not really a comp. Um, maybe it's a different style of house or a different build of house. And they're pulling comps that don't actually match their the property. So uh, it annoys me when I go. Oh, I see. Well, I get an email. I see after repair this repairs this purchase price. Oh, wait a minute, man, those numbers look good. But then I quickly I'm going to scan the MLS because that's what I do before I buy a property. Yeah. And then after a quick look, I can't find. I so said I don't know where they. I don't know how they figure these. Or are getting a comp from three miles away or four miles away or something. 
it's it's irritating because first glance, oh, this is like a deal. Oh, but they don't understand the numbers. They yeah. they didn't really understand how to understand how to look at comps, and probably didn't even research what cash buyers are paying. Because if you were in the range of what the average cash buyer is paying, then you're probably going to be in my range because yeah. a lot of a lot of us look at the same numbers. You know, uh, yeah, mine yeah. is similar, but mine is when they say. Um, so the house is a two-bedroom, one-bath now, but you can make it into a four-bedroom, three-bath, two-story. And it's like, yeah, that's a new construction, basically. I'm going to buy it what it's worth as is right now. So if I decide that I want to add an extra bathroom, add an extra bedroom, add a garage, open the roof and open, put another story, that's on me. But right now, your two-bedroom, one-bath is worth 150000 not yeah. half a million. So yeah. that's my biggest pet peeve. That's really frustrating to me. And another note on that: um, I actually spoke with a seller on the phone today, <laughs> who has a he has a property um, for sale. But he told me, "Hey, everything around this commercial, you can." So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you a commercial price. I looked it up. The zoning is residential. So yeah. first of all, I don't even know if they will approve the zone change, and I got to research to find out if I can do the zone change. But that at the end of the day, zone change is not. When, as a cash buyer, I'm buying based on what is there right now. Absolutely, I can't buy based on based on speculation or whatever mm. may happen. I can buy based on exactly what the value of that house is right now as it sits. Absolutely, With absolutely. Zone, current size, all that stuff. Absolutely. So, so, so real quick, guys, we got we got a lot of guys jumping on right now. A lot of people jumping on right now. Uh, if you guys are really enjoying this podcast and enjoying the value and the information drop some hearts right now drop some hearts right now for Farrah and jason they truly are amazing they truly are amazing uh so what are some things that you that you want to see more from wholesalers to make the process easier for you um more is yeah um provide me as detailed pictures as you can okay and and be honest with the repair amounts i know we're all guilty sometimes when we wholesale properties of maybe not putting that other picture on there um, and, we're trying to sell it. And, I, and, I and I go, and you didn't take. A, you took a picture of everything except for the electric panel, and that thing's a disaster. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's a few grand fix right there. If I have to rewire, because that could mean I have to rewire or whatever. But if you just took a picture, of that I would know it. So I know. So don't. It's easy just to put the good-looking pictures, but if but when you're dealing with a real buyer, we're going to see what it looks like eventually, anyway. Yeah, um, So go ahead and put the real pictures, um, I because people people are afraid maybe they might not get high as, as high an offer, but you can get an offer at the end of the day when somebody looks at it. You can get an offer based on the condition of that property anyway. Yeah. So provide me as many details. Don't don't leave out the ugly pictures. Keep them in there, <laughs> um, and just give me as much details as possible. I mean, the, the more, the more, and I've said this before already, but the more detail I have about a property, the quicker I can make a decision. And the and whoever makes it easiest for me, the wholesaler, is the person I'm coming back to. Yeah. Because I don't want to go through a hassle to try to close something. I want to just, hey, it's a good deal. Let's close it. Send the information to the product company. Let's, do, let's get this done. Um, and I, we have some wholesalers here in uh, in the Lakeland area that we went back and bought several properties from. But the reason is. They made the buying process easy, and they understand their numbers. Awesome. People, awesome. Yeah, I, I second Jason, of course. Some people, they forget to say, oh, by the way, there's a sinkhole in the middle of the house, so watch out. We had a buyer just a few weeks ago in Zephyr Hills, or a seller in Zephyr Hills. He said, yeah, come look at the property. It's good. We drive an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, and as soon as we open the door, the house is sinking under. He's oh, like, wow. oh, um, yeah. it, it's not a sinkhole. They back then it used to be a pond, and they kind of, it used to be landfill, and they kind of built on it. I'm like, that we can't buy that for the money that you want. Now it's just the house is useless. It's just the land value. Yeah, if we can even rebuild on it after pulling permits. So the details, absolutely. I'd rather you overshare than undershare, because like Jason said, no matter what, we're gonna look at the house ourselves. This is not HGTV where we buy sight unseen. Right, We're going to look at that property before right, we put right. our name you, and our money on it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's funny you mentioned HGTV because HGTV is like one of the biggest misconceptions of, of uh. flipping ever. Like, you know, <laughs> they, 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 There's a lot of things that they don't disclose on the show that happens 
when you're at, when you're actually flipping property. Um, and, and, and you know, this actually brings up something else. One of the things that I, that I noticed is that the, the numbers on the show are somewhat skewed, right? Exactly. <laughs> right, when they show the profit that they make, it's They're not, not really that profit. So, so this brings up something else. Uh, can you guys talk about the numbers? How do you look at the numbers as a flipper so that if, so that if a wholesaler wanted to look at it as well, all they got to do is say, all right, well, if, if I get it like this, then I just got to deduct my price and, and I know it works for a flipper. Yeah. Well, you, we, we kind of use this, this, when it comes to buy and fix and flip, we kind of use a standard. We want to buy it um, after we buy and fix it and still have 30% equity on the end. Because if you understand as a wholesaler, um, and I know sometimes we like we don't like to go above 70%. We've been all the way, we've gone as high as 75% to get a deal. The numbers are good enough. Yeah. Um, but we like to go in and have that 30% equity. So, you know, the repair value times 70% minus repairs minus your fee if you're going to wholesale it to me. Um, but the th so when I look at it, I'm looking at that's the numbers I'm looking at. But people understand, people think, well, why do you need 30% equity? Where, well, 30%, that 30% is not my profit because 10% of that 30% is going to go to closing costs, yep. fees, and utilities, yep. realtor fees, and private money lenders. So, so if I don't give myself that 30% cushion, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to lose 10%, and that leaves me 20%. If I have a surprise in the house, before long, those numbers can get rid of them. So we yeah. actually use those numbers. And people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand. They don't understand, they don't understand the real hard numbers they go into. They think just, I buy it, I fix it, I sell it, and that's the difference is the profit. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in between there um, yeah. that you don't see. And usually 10% of that 30% it's going straight. It's not going to my pocket. It's going straight to the title company or uh, utility company or points on a loan. All different Realtors types of things. Realtors fees, concessions. Yeah, people don't yeah. think about that. So it, it, yeah, you got to have that room, that cushion. That's the stuff that's not on HGTV, right? Right. <laughs> All of that. The whole list of things. Right. None of that's like, on HGTV. I bought it for fifty. I I fixed it for a hundred, and I sold it for two fifty. My profit is a hundred thousand. No, your profit is more like fifty after realtor's yeah. cost, closing cost. And then I love when they say, "Oh, um, the I need to rewire the whole entire house. I'm I'm over budget by twenty thousand dollars. I still made a hundred thousand dollar profit." I'm like, "How? You just sell the house for more?" <laughs> well, what I, I think is funny is you know like they. they and to me, the shows are entertaining. She don't, she don't like to watch them. I like to watch them. I don't waste my time. It's just annoying and just, frustrating. Just for entertainment value. But, um, yeah. but they should have the show flip or flop. Funny thing yeah. is, they never yeah. ever show a flop. Yeah. And I can see if you buy enough houses, you're going to buy a few flops. It happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. So that's why you got to know those numbers. Because even I, though you follow the numbers, sometimes you still buy a flop and it hurts. Yes. It hurts a um, lot. And people know that it's a numbers game. If you buy enough, you're going to lose on a few. It's just, yeah. it's just, the, it's just the way it goes. Nobody's perfect. Um, so, flip or flop, don't show any flops. But sometimes, sometimes you buy a flop, a real money pit. Everyone has brought a, bought a flop, and if they say otherwise, they're lying to themselves and they're lying to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very true. Very true. That's 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 like so much gold, guys. Like that that number. I think the biggest thing wholesalers, the biggest, um, the biggest challenge I would say for wholesalers getting started is always the numbers, always the numbers. They're not sure uh, what 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 number they should get a property in the contract for. So it really helps. It really helps to know what a buyer's perspective is and how a buyer's going to look at the deal. Because really, essentially, uh, all they have to do is get the property for cheaper than what a buyer would want to pay for, it, like yourself, right? And and then that's really their spread. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Truth be told, sometimes we have, um, especially if it's a new wholesaler or even a wholesaler that's kind of been out of the game a little bit, but coming mm -hmm. back, if they just call us and say, hey, fair, Jason, I have this house. How much would you pay for it? This is what, uh, these are the pictures. This is what um, I think it's going to, um, the after repair value is. What do you think you're going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. We can already know by the pictures, look at the comps, give us the address. All we really need to be able to make educated decisions, doing a final walkthrough is the pictures um and the address just by looking at those two things we can look up the comp we can look at the pictures and gauge how much repairs is gonna be now of course those pictures have to be super super detailed don't forget the ac don't say it's you know old but it still works if that ac is 15 years old we're gonna have to replace it yeah the roof 
if yeah. we can get the detail from the seller, how old is the roof? If the roof is 30 years old, there's no saving that. We have to replace it. So if we have detailed pictures and detailed information, we can tell you, hey, listen, we believe the house yes. is going to be worth about this much. We can pay X, Y, and Z. And then all you have to do is go to the seller and say, hey, listen, I know in my mind, in their mind, they should know, hey, my buyer can pay 80. Mm-hmm. I should be able to get it for 65, 70, yeah. and I'm gold. Yeah. So we take the hassle out of it for you, but mm-hmm. that that's really all there is to it. If you have any questions, ask. Don't put on a contract too high and then having to go back. Ask us. We'll tell you, hey, this is how much we can pay for it. We can close in five business days, seven yeah. days. If title's clear, that's all. There, That's all there is to it. It's really simple, but people complicate it. Yeah. Another good tip uh, for people when they're selling a property is, um is segment your buyer's list um because not every buyer not every buyer types the same so yeah, segment your buyers list. So that true. way when you do send it send an email or you make a phone call to people on your buyers just make sure that's the you know exactly the type of property they're looking for yeah uh, it'll make it much easier and quicker for you to sell if you I just get that in front of the faces of the people and find out so segment it because uh um so there are to, to give an example, there are buyers out there like like us who we flip several at a time. So yeah. because of that, we we hire out a GC and things like that. Then you have investors who are landlords who might buy the property, and they might do some of the repairs themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But that same property usually and might also be an area where I wouldn't want to flip it. So yeah, it's yeah, better yeah. For, for that rental. So understand and segment your buyers list, and realize what type of buyers buy in what neighborhoods and what they're looking to do, what type of neighborhood that is. Guys, that is a huge gem. That is like a super gem right there. I hope everybody had caught that because that's very, very important. You know, not every single buyer is the same. Every single buyer buys differently. Not everybody is a flipper. Not everybody is a, a landlord. You know, and even even for even if they're in the same category, not everybody pays cash. Well, I mean, they all pay cash, but not everybody has their own cash. Some 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 some, some investors they use hard money, right? Some investors use private money, and that changes the way that they have to look. At, at their numbers. So that's extremely yeah. important. Very, very important. So, so guys, this has been awesome. Let's open up for a Q&A. You guys want to do a Q&A? Absolutely. If sure. you guys want to do a Q&A, please drop some hearts and drop some questions so we can answer them. <laughs> actually, I think we actually got some questions in here to get started. Let's see. Okay, what you got? Oh, we got a lot of questions. Uh, oh. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, From Sassy underscore 26, what books do you suggest? Books for real, uh, as far as learning. Um, of course, uh, everybody has, you have to always say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> almost every every investor worth their salt probably started yeah. reading that book first. Um, so uh, that, that's a good beginner's book. But I would say read a lot of books like uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People because a lot of the thing you need to study as a wholesaler is negotiation because that's your whole business. Yeah, um, very true. So you know things like uh, never split the uh, uh, never split the difference. That's a very um, good one. Things like that, and also business wise, you uh, books like for instance uh, that I've read uh, like Traction and things yeah. like that too. So books about negotiation and books about how, how to organize your business are going to be the best things you. I'm, and also books about mindset, uh, things like that, emotional intelligence. Um, things like so books about about those topics because those are going to be the things that are really going to um, directly help your business your mindset uh, negotiating negotiating and understand how to grow your business those are some topics you really need to learn as much as you can about um, yeah so you can really grow and learn Rich Dad Poor Dad that's like the Bible right there that's the (laughs) Bible right Awesome, awesome. We have another question here from Real DJ Jax. Can you begin to wholesale with no money? If not, what's a good, what's a good way, what's a good way to start with? Oh. Or a good oh. amount, I'm sorry, a good amount to start with. My apologies. No, I'll definitely take this one because when I first started wholesaling with Jason, I was not using any of my money. The number one thing I did was tell everybody, and I mean everybody, what I did. I purchased some business cards. I just said Fairbuy's houses, a telephone number, handed them to anybody and everybody that would take them. One of my girlfriends, who actually is my hairstylist, she actually got me my first deal. I didn't have to do anything but, what, $30 of gas to, um, where would we buy that first deal at? Uh, 
not Tampa. Newport Richie. Newport Richie, $30 a gas to go to Newport Richie, put yeah. the house under contract and bought it. So, and then we also had um, a buyer lined up for it. So that was $10,000. And I spent what, an hour and a half going there, an hour and a half going back, 30 minutes with the seller, and then $30 with the gas. So that goes to show you, you do not need any money at all to get started wholesaling. It helps. It helps a lot because you can skyrocket your business yes. by putting out banded signs and um, doing, um, you can even actually drive for dollars. That costs you nothing but a tank of gas as well. Looking up properties with overgrown fen overgrown grasses and um, code enforcements on them and broken mm -hmm. windows. You know somebody's not taking care of that property. So really you do not need money. It helps, of course. It takes a little bit longer without it, but you can still get it done. Awesome. Uh, props to Fair though, because uh, when, when we first met and she wanted to learn how to do it, she just said, Jason, tell me what to do. <laughs> so I just told her all the things to do. And before, before long, she said, hey, my hairdresser has this house. <laughs> um, and it's funny thing, it's just some lady that uh, the hairdresser was, she just told her hairdresser that what she does. And a lady that was sitting in her chair, Getting her, getting her hair styled. She said, and she said, "Hey, my friend bought houses. Yeah." And she said, "Yeah, I got one over here um, that uh, in Newport Ritchie. I, I have to drive all over, all the way over there, to try to keep the grass cut and keep the house up. Living in, in Lakeland, it's a long drive. Um, so I just, she asked me what I do, and I said, I gave her a list of things to do, and she hit the ground running. Wow! And she found her first deal, and now I, the deal was sold to my buyer's list, obviously, but, she, yeah. but, she, but, um, but I she, found it. she did everything. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. She found it. I, yeah. Cause she asked me, she said, what do I do? And I said, do this, this, this. And she mm -hmm. just hit the ground running and, um, it wasn't very long, but she grabbed that deal and it's a quick 10 grand. Awesome. Awesome. Really quick. Give me just a second, guys. My phone is actually dying. Uh oh. Um, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I want us, don't want it to die on us here. So I'm going to put on the charger. All right, you're so, good. <laughs> so, 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 just a quick question. That that's really awesome. Just a quick question. How long did it take you to do, to do that deal, that first deal? Two weeks. Two two weeks. Two weeks from the day we put it under contract. Yeah, from the day we put it under contract to the day we sold it. it was exactly two weeks. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome, guys. You hear that? Two weeks. Two weeks. Ten grand in two weeks. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so, so here's another question. Here, this is by Capo three hundred five MIA. If you don't have access to the MLS, what other websites can you use to pull comps? Oh, great question. Great question. Very good question. Great yeah. question. Um, awesome question. So uh, to me, the MLS is always going to be, be the best data. That's the best place to go. And when you start, you probably want to start working on befriending realtors and getting to know people. Um, so you can maybe become an assistant, someone to, be, to have MLS access. But um, so that's something you want to start networking to do now, even if you don't have that, if you don't have that uh, team member of a real estate agent on your team. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, if you're brand new and you don't have you don't have that access yet, um, you can uh, look on Zillow. Now, you, you don't go by this estimate because that's <laughs> it's an algorithm. But you, if I don't know if people realize it, but if you go, if you put an address in and you can select properties that are sold. And if you go in there and look at properties that have sold, in the area. Um, it's not as good as the MLS, but you can get a really good idea pretty quickly on Zillow just by not, again, not using the Zestimate, but yeah. actually looking at the sale within like a half a mile of the, prop of the subject property. Yep. Yep. That's a really, that's a really good, I, 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 use, I still use Zillow myself. I mean, I have access to MLS. Leslie, Leslie's a realtor, um, as you guys know. Uh, but like, I still use Zillow just to quickly look at what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's public record. I mean, it's records of, of sales. So definitely, definitely a huge, huge tip, guys. A huge tip. Um, we have another question here from Sassy underscore 26. What are five strategies you will give a beginner? Ooh, five strategies. Um, are we talking about, well, there's a lot. I mean, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about strategies to find deals, strategy, what, what, uh, but I guess um, the, I would say the five, Five tips. Number one is before you start at anything, I'll right. give a couple and you give a couple. Right. Like before you start anything, <laughs> you got to get your mind right. That's yeah. it. Um, so mm -hmm. my first strategy is work on yourself because the better a mindset, the better you have inside yourself and who you are, the more confidence you have, the much it's going to be much easier 
to um, to be successful, whatever business you may go in. Because, but you got to figure out, get your mind right, and figure out why. Why is the reason that you want to do it? You got to figure out what is the drives you. Everybody has to have a why, and that why can't be. A lot of people say, "Well, I want to make a bunch of money." If that's your why, you're probably not going to last very long. Um, so you got to have something deeper, figure out what it is, and and you got to get it, get your get it right in your mindset first. That's the first thing you got to work on. The first strategy is work on yourself. True. Um, one hundred percent. Second strategy is whatever. I mean, because you can go on YouTube and find all kinds of little strategies about bandit signs and drag mail, all kinds of stuff that people do to find deals. But the main thing is is to pick something and take action. So number one, work on work on here, and number two, whatever whatever processes you do start learning as far as wholesaling about finding leads, things like that, take massive action. Um, when, when I started my business, within a couple, within two or three weeks, we'd already we already had two deals in our contract for uh, wholesaling. But that's because we were hitting the streets. I would beat the streets with signs and all kinds of stuff um, to find those deals. But um, so. Uh, Get your mind right and be ready to take action. Don't just be, yes, soak up information, but don't just soak yeah. up information. Do something yeah. with it. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say don't overthink it because the reason why I didn't get started sooner was because I was overthinking. I said, well, I have to have so much money to be able to do this. And I didn't have the confidence to... Um, to not doubt myself. So like Jason said, you have to get your mind right first and foremost, or else it doesn't matter. As soon as somebody says, you're doing real estate, oh my goodness, that's not good. That's not, that doesn't work. You're gonna be like, <laughs> oh darn, they're right. And yeah. the self doubt's gonna come yeah. in and other people are gonna be pulling you down. You're just not gonna do it. So definitely build the confidence. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be yeah. a secret. Don't be a secret investor. You got to tell everybody what you do because if I never told anybody what I did, I never would have done my first deal. And I'd be like, ah, real estate doesn't work. It's not all that great. Because once you get that first bite, your hunger only grows. You're not going to say, yes. oh, well, yeah. I got the first deal. I'm done now. You're going to be like, well, darn it. What am I going to do for the next one? You can ask Jason. I kept going up to 2 o'clock in the morning after that. I'm like, what are we going to do? What are we going to find the next one? <laughs> what do we need to do to get it done? Keep the hunger. And yeah. um, bandit signs work. They, they're very cheap, and a lot of people do it, but they work. Why do you think yeah. you see a lot of signs for um, when the um, – my mind went blank for a second. I'm sorry. When election, vote for who? Vote for this. Vote for that. Those bandit signs work. Yeah, so use true. them. Tell everybody what you do. Social media is key. I've sold a lot of my wholesale deals on social media. So two weeks ago, I sold a wholesale deal just by posting on Facebook, three bedroom, one bath, cash, and then I got my buyer just off of Facebook. So you have to post on social media. So those are the three that I would definitely say to you. And I would say, uh, maybe this is a sixth one, I don't know if this is a sixth one, but <laughs> if you're brand new and people are always, well, how do I get my first deal? Well, what I'm going to tell you is pick one strategy to find sellers and do it. Yeah, and start making offers. If you never make an offer, you never get. It. Don't be afraid to make an offer. Don't be afraid for somebody to tell you no. Pick a marketing strategy, a strategy for for generating motivated seller leads, and make offers. Yeah, I mean, you can add up. There's there's a hundred different strategies. People try to do all these different things at once. Pick one thing, one strategy, and use that strategy to find a deal, and then add a new strategy. Yep, and just because become yourself off cross. Focus yep. on one thing. And become an expert at that strategy. Really, really right. know the yes. ins and outs. Maximize all of the possibilities with that strategy and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, this is awesome. Guys, drop some hearts. I see all of these comments in here. It's like all thumbs up. I see uh, I see A by, <laughs> by Penny Da Vinci. A. Um, pick one strategy and do it. Love it. Awesome, awesome. Drop some hearts, guys. They're dropping a lot, a lot of gems tonight. A lot of gems, a lot of gems. If you guys got any more questions, please drop them as well. Um, you guys got any more tips? Uh, tips? Um, uh, as far as, uh, I've given a lot of tips. we got to think of something else. Um, <laughs> but tips is uh, whatever, don't don't quit. Yeah. And I'm going back to the picking a strategy. Pick a Like I said, pick a strategy, wear it out. Don't just do it, try it once and say, oh, it didn't work. But yeah. keep at it. And you get this all about to me it's all about action and make it's all about taking action and making offers. Yeah. Um, 
So, and a lot of people say, well, how do I get these offers? Well, make a goal to make five offers on properties a week. And then once you do that, start increasing that. So Mm -hmm. that way, always be increasing. And then do whatever it takes to generate those leads and just say, this is my goal. And it doesn't matter. So if the one strategy I'm using didn't bring in enough, then do more of it. Uh, Add Drop it off. Do do little things to add um, from like social media stuff, all that kind of stuff you can do. Uh, But just be consistent. Don't don't do try something once or twice and say, oh, this don't work. Because uh-huh. a lot of people, a lot of people know me in Tampa because when I because when I started, they used a whole bunch of bandit signs. Uh-huh. So um, my first two deals, I actually my first two deals came from bandit signs. So you know, I did it worked for me. So it went along until we were putting out. I was putting out uh, two hundred fifty signs a month in Tampa, and and that was a lot of work. But I found, but I I, I took took a strategy. And I wore that strategy out because um, at the time I, I didn't have a lot, a lot of funds to do to do a lot. So bandit signs yeah. was my the cheapest form I found. So uh, first year I did nothing but bandit signs and, and closed ten deals. Y'all hear that? Uh, but I wore that strategy out, and then Y'all we had his word down the road. But pick something and work it to death. Yeah, yeah. Beat the mess out of that strategy, guys. Right. Beat it to death. Okay, and <laughs> consistency. Consistency is so important. Like, yeah, I, I, I want to. I want to ask you guys an honest question here, and and you guys give me an honest answer on this. Um, would you say what do you think is more important? Would you say it is the more you know, or would you say it is persistence and consistency? Definitely persistence and consistency. Right. Consistency. Yeah. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how much you know if you don't do anything with it. That's true. Yeah. You can know, oh, this person said this strategy works. I tried it once, it didn't work. Well, that's because you didn't try hard enough. You didn't keep doing it. Yeah. Um, consistency. You always got to increase your knowledge, but knowledge does nothing if you don't consistently apply that knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so that some- is very true. We, we've heard and we've talked to people that are nothing but um, seminar junkies. We met a lady that spent a couple hundred thousand dollars in just nothing but seminar after seminar after seminar. Ten years, she hasn't done a single deal. She has all that knowledge and did absolutely nothing with it. Um, When you think of this, ask yourself the question, if Steve Jobs never did anything with Apple, he just Uh. had the knowledge, would we have Apple now? No, we wouldn't. He actually took the knowledge that he had and he implemented it. He didn't know everything then when he first started Apple in his garage, I believe, or his basement. But as yeah. soon as he started making it work, he started adding more knowledge. So definitely the persistence is key because a lot of people, if they, they persist, they don't have the knowledge, but they learn as they grow. Most people, they learn while they're doing it. I'm the type of person that I'll learn more when I'm doing it than to learn it and then try to do it because I will overthink it all day, every day. That's just the way that I learn. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So we got, we got time for another question here, guys. Uh, we <laughs> have one. Uh, Sassy underscore 26. How She's can got you a lot network? of questions. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> How can you network with mentors who are, who will shadow to you, who will shadow you? How will you work? How can you work with mentors who will shadow you? Oh, you mean does she mean she's trying to find how to find a mentor to shadow? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you can always if you want to meet other people in the business, which is I mean, you got if you want to be successful, you got to rub shoulders with other people that are doing it. Network. So I would network. You know, go to uh, I know this is cliche. Everybody says this, but go to real meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not always going to find uh, you, and you'll learn some local people. But at the end of the day, for me, um, I learned a lot from local people, but also learned a lot from a mentor. Yeah. So there's one thing, it's, it's good to shadow and, and have people and understand and hang around people that are in the business. Um, but also, if you're going to be, if you're going to level up, you got to surround yourself with people that is rub shoulders for doing what you want to do. Absolutely. And if you, and sometimes, well, sometimes, well, that person's not going to pay any attention to me. They're already here just starting. You'd be surprised how much someone will help you if you just spend some time helping them. That's yep. true. So if you want a mentor to help you, um, or someone local that you're trying to learn from, do something for them. Volunteer your time. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also good to have a mentor that will give you a step-by-step process. Um, 
And some, some mentors you can network and rub shoulders with, but some mentors at some point in time at, to increase your success, you're probably going to dish out some money to a mentor yeah. to really learn some stuff. Um, but you can rub shoulders with people locally that are doing it and then surround yourself with people smarter than you are. Yeah. And uh, eventually at some point you may actually, if you want to really step up your game and increase your business, you're probably eventually going to have to bring on someone as a mentor that you actually have to pay some money to. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Guys, this is this is so much gold. Uh, so but be, before we before we uh, we end it to, tonight, um, how can folks get in touch with you guys? Oh, sure. If you look, go on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and search Jason M. Gaston on any social media platforms. And you can also go to Freedom Flipping And if you put your email address there on, on, the, on our website, you can get our um, our free ebook, Top Seven Ways to Find uh, Off Market Deals That Most People Have Never Heard Of. I hope you guys have found value out of that interview with Jason and Farah. Thank you so much for coming on board, Jason and Farah. Uh, would love to have you on the show again next time. If you guys haven't done so already, the listeners out there, if you haven't done so already, please rate and subscribe to the show if you found value out of today's episode. If you haven't found any value at all and you just don't like the show, please rate and let us and let me know that as well. I appreciate all of you. You guys are all on your way to making your first deal and changing your life. Let's wholesale real estate and I'll see you guys later. Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. Thank you for listening to School of Wholesale with your host, Luke Madez. If you want more information, subscribe to this podcast as well as follow on Instagram at Luke Madez. L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S. And if you have any questions, send me an email at flippinglegendary at gmail.com. That is flippinglegendary at gmail.com. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate. 